You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update. Brought to you by Packernet.com and powered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I am your host, JJ Leahy. Well, today we're going to be talking about wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers, and we're going to start off with an interview with Devontae Adams. Devontae sat down with NFL Network's Brian Baldinger in a video that came out this week, and together they broke down film from Devontae's 2019 season. We're going to look at two plays here where Devontae talks about needing to adjust so that he was where Aaron Rodgers needed him to be. And they went right at Richard Sherman right there. So when I get inside, I actually got way too far inside. So I, I didn't like where I was. Mm-hmm. So I had to close that, that cushion by going back at him, thinking that maybe I can break out. Yep. And then um, once I got on top, I knew I was in a good spot. These type of balls are not easy for DBs to track. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm inside the numbers, I know the ball is going to be coming from over the top of my head. So as long as I'm able to track it, and I know Aaron's going to put it where it needs to be, I knew we were going to have some success. Yeah, this is a sprint option uh, yep. play right here. Sprint left option. I don't have the leverage at all that I would like Light, for yeah. this route. So basically, I just use the the, the hop release to kind of, mm-hmm. it's a way I, I, I square back up the defender without them really knowing. So I'm not urgently sliding or doing something funky to get them to, you know what I mean, be alarmed. But your release here, Devontae, like it's a hop, right? Yeah. Like kind of a hop and a skip. So you're kind of like reading his mail. Right. Like you're not thinking about stabbing him inside to come out. It takes too long or? Well, if you, if you got to think about quarterback moving and where he needs you to be so I need to have a certain relationship with him because if I'd stab yeah, inside if I'm still inside Aaron Jones and everybody's in the throwing line gotcha. so you got to think about that with everything moving this way you yep. can't waste time going that way okay so it's just speed speed and 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 just just hope I beat him in the spot yeah. gotcha when Rodgers has got to have it he looks for 17 found him there for three yards and a fresh set of down all right Adams is elite And more importantly, Aaron Rodgers really trusts him. This is a big part of the reason why. Adams is aware of where everyone else is on the field, and he knows what Aaron Rodgers expects of him. We've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle when trying to target some of the team's other wide receivers, throwing some seemingly terrible passes to wide-open receivers. With Devontae, he seems to always be on the money, however. And part of that has to do with the fact that Devontae is adjusting his route based on where he knows the quarterback is planning for him to be. Now, if you're interested in this topic and want to look into what the numbers have to say, make sure you catch this morning's episode of the Packernet Podcast. Ryan does a deep dive into what the numbers say about how often Aaron Rodgers is missing receivers not named Devontae, and whether that's his fault or the receiver's fault. Wide receiver is the hottest position that most fans were eager to upgrade in this offseason. While the team did not spend any draft capital to upgrade wide receiver, the lineup does look very different from last year. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and new addition Devin Funchess are almost certainly locks to make the roster. Behind them, Equinemius St. Brown is returning from injury, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling is probably going to be given a third year on the team. 
Remember, Devontae had a terrible second year, and many fans were calling for him to be cut. Marquez is one of the most gifted athletes on the team, with blazing speed. The coaching staff probably does not want to give up on him just yet. I do expect at least some leap from him in year three. If EQ and MVS both make the team, that's five wide receivers right there. Don't be shocked if Matt LaFleur only keeps five receivers on the team. The competition for the last few roster spots, Reggie Bagleton, who put together a monster season in the Canadian Football League, but has never proven he can succeed at the NFL level, and undrafted free agent Daryl Stewart, signed out of Michigan State. Stewart is an interesting dark horse candidate who could prove himself in training camp. He had particular success on jet sweeps and end arounds during his college career. Along with EQ, Stewart could also spend some time in the slot. While he does need to improve his route running, analysts projected that his best fit in the NFL would be as a slot receiver. So who Who's not going to make the team, in addition to Darius Shepard, who did see playing time on the field, usually as a returner, before he was cut after a disastrous performance in Week 6 nearly cost them a game against the Lions, he spent the rest of the year on the practice squad, where he's likely to remain if he's lucky. Second-year former Ferris State graduate Malik Taylor is also on the practice squad and is unlikely to do any better. So, what about 28-year-old fan favorite Jake Kumaro? He's actually the oldest receiver on the roster. Devante is only 27. And one of his obstacles in the way of guaranteeing him a roster spot is that the team probably feels they've seen everything he has to offer. At this point in his career, Jake Kumaro is unlikely to have a breakout performance. So, if the team is trying to make one final decision about a last wide receiver roster spot, they'll likely want to roll the dice on someone younger, faster, with some untapped potential, and give them the opportunity to prove they can be special. This offseason, the team did re-sign Jake to a one-year $750,000 contract with no guaranteed money. According to Track, there would be no dead cap hit if the team moves on from him. Even though Touchdown Jesus will always be dear to my heart, at this point, even Reggie Bagleton is probably more likely to make the team than Kumaro is. One final update. I mentioned yesterday that the NFL was considering shortening the preseason, and indeed they have. Instead of the usual four preseason games, we will only have two this year. The Packers are not going to play the Cardinals or Chiefs in preseasons week one and four anymore. They will only play the Browns and Giants. The dates of those two games have not been moved either. They were scheduled to play those two teams on August 22nd and 29th. So far, there's no announcement that those dates have shifted. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update. Support for this podcast comes from Overtime Media.